What the hell? Where is that set up? As I get ready for a Christmas special. Where is that studio? Oh, 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 sorry. Oh, sorry. Oh, by the way, are you, are you, are you Nicholas? Yeah, yes, I am. By the way, big financial, big financial. Really? Mm. Oh, cheers. It's always nice to get a fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can I by any chance get your autograph? Uh, yeah, sure. Just get a bloody pen. Uh, oh, randomised one on the ground. Right, not. Do you want to say anything? Uh, yes, yes. Can I have it? See this? Uh, yeah, sure. Just spit it to me. Uh, you want me to wrap it to you? No, I'm kidding. Just say it to me. Oh, great. Right, so write out Dear Penguinic. Dear Penguinic. I am taking. Okay. I am taking. For the show tonight. I'm sorry, could you, could you repeat that? Yes, dear Penguinic, I am taking over the show tonight. Hey, <laughs> I'll finish that. Just... <laughs> it says that a joke for a friend or something. And that is for you. See, something for you. Oh, it's like your house key or something. Eh? Uh, I've got one too, but maybe you've got a cool keychain. No, it's a gun. What are you doing with that? Put that thing away. No, I'm taking over tonight. I'm not kidding. I like your show, right? Right. I'm sick of hearing your voice. I think my voice needs to be heard. I've got a message for all the people. So, if you'll do me a favour. Get me to a damn recording room now. Oh, okay. Right, but you sure about this? Yes. Get me there now. I will end your life. So, um, you you've been a fan of the show for a while. Oh, yes, just, just a wee bit. You know, I've listened to every episode. Um, fine. By the way, I think that, that's the recording room there. Oh, really? Alright, great. Right, in we go. Uh, okay, alright, let's go. down as well. You don't want to hear this. Uh, okay. Right. Here do we start it then? You use your own show. Okay. Let's go. Hello, hello everybody. Welcome back to the Penguin Zone for Season 3. Our Christmas special. <laughs> I am your new host tonight, and possibly for now on, I'm your host, Michael. And it's nice to be here. I'm on here with your host, or sorry, your previous host, now your co-host has been slightly deeper. 
I have been promoted more. Say hello, Nettles. Um, hello, everybody. Tom, everything's alright. Everything's, everything's good. Um, yes, everything's okay. We're doing fine here tonight. Thanks, folks. <laughs> yes. Well, shall we get started tonight? Tonight, we are going to be taking a look at the topic of evil. <laughs> now, evil is one of my favourite things. Love committing crime. Love. Basically, I like to rob orphanages. Orphanages, yes. Every once and now again. It's very entertaining. Gives me... Gives me a good joy, right? Gives me the adrenaline that burst I need. Seeing all those sad kids' faces. And of course, making their lives a laughing hell. Ah, feels so good. It's very, very much a joy. Oh, Nicholas, where are you looking at? Nothing, nothing, just... No, it's fine. You sure? Uh, uh, yeah. Okay, let's continue, folks. Uh, well, obviously I was like... Is sure you're not looking at something? No, I'm just... Get off my god! Get off! Get that gun away! Get some sort of kind of sick joy out of this. I think this is right. Get out of here, go. Sick, man, you're sick. Get off. Get I'm sick of this. That's how I stand now. And host forever. You're gone. You had your chance. I would have let you live. You're going to die. You're going to die. You're going to rot in jail forever. No. Please. I just. I just want to record tonight's episode. Please let me live. You've gone too far. You're pathetic. You're a disgrace. I have to put you out of your misery. No, no, please. I just wanted to be on the show. You're a psycho man. You're sick. I'll put you out of your misery. Right. Now, back to the show. God, bloody messed up the studio. I'll sort everything out, man. But, sure. I'm sorry, I'll have to get rid of the body, man. Yeah. Nice, heavy. Let's take it sorted. For the proper, proper, 
episode. <sighs> have PTSD in the future. Oh god. <laughs> right. Let's go. Cameras, microphones, ready, great, bam, ready, audio, ready, okay, well, let's begin with this holly jolly episode. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas Everywhere he'll go Take a look at the 5 and 10 It's glistening once again With candy canes and silver lanes that glow It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas Toys in every store but the prettiest sight to see is the holly that will be on your own front door. Thank you, Bant. That was truly tragic. I will not ask you for to start off from the top again, but I will ask you to get out right now before you all end up like Michael down there. See Michael? See him down there? You will all end up like him if you don't leave the studio now. Holly, holly, jolly, everybody, and welcome to the Penguin Zone Christmas special. Long-awaited episode. I know you've been waiting for it, as have I. Sorry about the start here for anyone listening to other kids or anything, but don't worry. Die is a cold word here. It means pie, but we don't like to mention it because some people like pie a little bit too much. Pie, pie, did you say pie? Jesus, Jim, nobody pie? said pie. Somebody said pie, I have Alright, fine, I'll get you apple pie. Just please leave, Jim. Okay. On you go. Sorry about that, folks. That's Jim from back in technical. Anyways, yes, we have a special episode for you tonight. Because tonight, we will be taking a look at... Sorry, one sec, folks. Going to be taking a look at the history of Christmas, my opinions, why Christmas is worth celebrating, Christmas ideas. Now, I know it may be more than usual. We usually we go over three mini-topics, but I'm going over four mini-topics. All right, so obviously it's going to be a bit different, but it's got to be longer, so that's how it'll be. So I hope you're all ready for it, and let's just dive right in. Well, folks, hope you're all cozied up. If you're hot cocoa or hot chocolate, you're wrapped up in your blankets with your slippers on. I know I've got my slippers on, Stranger Things ones. Pretty nice, just got them. And I hope you're all ready for a wonderful story of Christmas. <laughs> now, for any children looking forward to this, sorry to disappoint you, but I will not be reading towards the night before Christmas. I know, I know, please don't hate me for it. But we're going to be taking a look at the official history website, so history.com. By the way, just got to say, I'm not sponsored or in any way, shape or form, 
or nor am I promoting the website. I'm just saying where it's coming from. That's all. But they've got an article on the history of Christmas. So we will, of course, be taking a look at that. Right, so without any further ado, let us begin with our Christmas kind of story. History. I know that was a terrible joke. Anyways, so obviously, as you all know, Christmas the holiday. Well, it usually tends to be celebrated on December 25th. But of course, I think there might be some places in the world that do it different. I don't know, but usually it tends to be December 25th. <laughs> it's both a very important religious holiday, but also it's become a cultural and commercial worldwide phenomenon. Phenomenon, there you go. Right. So not only did it usually tend to originate from religion, but it also came into place with stuff like culture, but also commercial stuff like marketing, adverts, stuff like that. A lot of companies have used it basically as a way of advertisement or a form of sales. Well, basically, it's also a big part of culture. Many know of Christmas. <laughs> Unless you have been living under a rock since the day you were born, you should know what Christmas is. You should not need to know what Christmas is about, because truly, I will quickly mention that it's not exactly specifically about anything. Many of us have our opinions on what Christmas is about, and that's up to you. You know, that's what I think. But I'm a, I will mention more, or go into more depth in the my opinion section. But with this section, so... Of course there's that, and for around 2,000 years now, people all over the globe have been... basically been celebrating Christmas with traditions and activities <laughs> that go in both religious ways and According to the website, secular in nature. I do not know what the hell that means, so we're going to skip over that. Now, Christians, of course. This is one of the things that I think is, like, behind Christmas. I'll go more into depth on why you think and stuff like that. But anyways, it says here, Christians celebrate Christmas Day as the anniversary of the birth of Jesus of Nazareth. Rather, you may know him as Jesus Christ, the Son of God. <laughs> Even though technically speaking, he would be the son of Mary, but then again, Mary didn't get pregnant from Joseph. She got a baby put inside her by God, but like, not physically, but oh, Okay, I don't know, not know what the hell. Anyways, that is confusing, but I don't believe it could be true. But, yeah, it's quite confusing. But so is a lot of things in religion. Sometimes we just hope for the best, though. Jesus of Nazareth, spiritual leader whose teachings form the basis of the Christian religion. Now, also, looking back to Christmas, popular customs that are Christmas-based include exchanging gifts, decorating Christmas trees, attending church, sharing meals with family and friends, and obviously, 
waiting for Santa Claus arrival <laughs> on Christmas Eve, which will be tonight, so hope everyone's ready for Santa Claus coming tonight. Just remember not to stay up too late because he sees you when you sleep sorry, he sees you when you're sleeping and he knows when you're awake. So and ever since eighteen seventy in the US of a Christmas Day has been a federal holiday. So how did Christmas start? I'm gonna quote a site here, sorry. But it's kinda easier than me taking Probably about an hour to try and come up with some good words to change in mad words. So, the middle of winter has long been a time of celebration around the world. Centuries before the arrival of the man called Jesus, early Europeans celebrated light and birth in the darkest days of winter. Many people rejoiced during the winter solstice. Says. Anyways, when the worst of winter was behind them and they could look forward to longer days and extended hours of sunlight. So you've all heard of... God damn it. <laughs> I generally forgot what you would call it. Um, something... Sunlight? Something... It's when there's more time, there's longer days basically due to the sunlight. It's extra sunlight, something, anyways. It starts more around that time, time afterwards. So, obviously, look forward to that. In Scandinavia, the Norse celebrated Yule from December 21st, the winter solstice, through January. In recognition of the return of the sun, Fathers and sons would bring home large logs, which they would set on fire. The people would feast until the log burned out. <laughs> the people would feast until the log burned out. Just imagine that. You're getting in at the dinner, you're getting in it. see the Brussels sprouts. Nah, shove them off the table. Brussels sprouts. Sorry, Brussels sprouts are awful. Nah, get them out of here. You're feasting on the turkey. You're having some gravy, you're having some chips. Have mashed potatoes, just enjoying yourself. Then somebody just swipes your plate out of the way and goes, ah, ah, ah. The log has stopped burning. You must stop eating now. I was enjoying that too. I was having my meat. No, ah, ah. No buts, young man. I didn't even say but. Yeah, you said it there. What? Yeah, that's right. No more meal for you. Next time you're eating is when Christmas comes like it. You're going to have to wait a good few months to eat again. Just be like, but we'll die by that time. Well, we're all going to die at some point. It's too bad. Right, but I uh, just imagine somebody swipes your dinner. Yeah, the log stopped burning. You can't eat. You can't enjoy your meal anymore. I'd be mad. I'd just get up and say, give me my meal back now. Just pull out some, just pull out a match or something. Just light the log on fire. Anyways, there you go. It's burning again. Oh, but that doesn't work. It's a twig now. It's all burned up. Alright, great. There's another log there. Just grab that. Set that on fire. Right, another log's burning. Let me eat my dinner. Honestly, seems ridiculous, but... Oh, well, I guess that was their tradition. It is, yeah. And feast until the log burned out. Which could take as... Oh, never mind. You will finish your dinner. See, that's why you've got the read before you start talking first, folks. It says, the people would feast until the log burned out, 
which could take as many as 12 days. I'm sorry. How thick was that log? Also, see considering it's winter, right? And usually it's kind of hard to start stuff like fires in winter. Never mind them setting a log on fire during those ten times of winter in the first place. They somehow managed to let it go for as many as 12 days. That's a miracle. I forget Jesus. There's the miracle right there. Managing the burner log single-handedly during winter and let it run for 12 days. That's incredible. Oh, maybe that's where the 12 days of Christmas came from. Take as many as 12 days. Oh, that may be smart, actually. That's... It says from December 21st, so on December 12th is the start of the 12 days. So, yeah. The Norse believed that each spark from the fire represented a new pig or calf that would be born during the coming year. Sorry, is that some Chinese stuff? Year of the pig, year of the rooster, stuff like that. Is that so? Uh, maybe it's about both Scandinavia and the Chinese or something. Also, same right, but well. The end of December was a perfect time for celebration in most areas of Europe. At that time of year, most cattle were slaughtered so they would not have to be fed during the winter. Alright, fair enough, I, mean, I guess so. For many, it was the only time of year when they had a supply of fresh meat. In addition, most wine and beer made during the year was finely fermented and ready for drinking. And of course, after we're just getting into the drink type of stuff, of course it comes up. In Germany, <laughs> of course, man. I'm going to admit, I'm pretty sure Germany love their beer and their drink and stuff like that. Yeah, mm, fair enough, I guess. You bring the drink, I'll bring the... I was about to say something that starts with an end, folks, but... I mean, it does relate to Germany's history, just probably not appropriate for a more family podcast. It relates to World War Two. Uh, but... I... Yes. Anyways, so in Germany, people honoured the pagan god Odin, or pagan god Odin, during the midwinter holiday. Germans were terrified of Odin, as they believed he made nocturnal flights through the sky to observe his people and then decide who would prosper or perish. Because of his presence, many people chose to stay inside. Wow. See, the difference is with my god, I believe that he's not watching me deciding if he bumps into one more goddamn desk, if he does one more stupid thing, he's gonna perish, man. I I don't think he's just sitting up there thinking that. Hey, what stupid things Nicholas can you do today? Oh, look, he just woke up and he stubbed his toe, right? You know, forget it. He's perishing. Just like, um, alright, alright, cheers, why not? And the people chose to stay inside. See, at the same time though, you're representing this, or you're... You're kind of taking this Odin as some sort of god. So I'm just going to say right here, right? Do you think a god... Is gonna have a problem because you have a door and a few walls. 
walking between you and him. He's a god. He can just smash through there and go, yo, what's up? Do something stupid right now and you're perishing. So it's not that hard. Yeah, let's take a look at something I don't think I've even heard of, but something to do with Rome and I think Saturn. Saturnalia. In Rome, where winters were not as harsh as those in the far north, Saturnalia, a holiday in honour of Saturn, the god of agriculture, okay, was celebrated. Beginning in the week leading up to the winter solstice and continuing for a full month, Saturnalia was a hedonistic time, when food and drink were plentiful and the normal Roman social order was turned upside down. Alright. Oh, that's sick. That's cool. For a month, enslaved people, slaves, would become masters. Oh, that is well cool. Oh, that would have been so funny. <laughs> They're just like, remember that time you whipped me? For not pushing the cube up fast enough. It's your turn. Got five cubes. If you do not get that all the way up there within half a minute, you are getting it. 100 weapons to the head. That would be so funny. That's just pure vengeance. It's pure revenge, man. That's a good revenge story. I'm going to read more about that, isn't Peasants are in command of the city. Great. Oh, even better. Business and schools were closed so that everyone could join in the fun. Oh, no wonder it was fun. Also, schools were closed in business. That means you don't have to go to work and you don't have to go to school. That's brilliant. Hmm. Sounds like a good time. Am I right, folks? Or am I wrong? I'll go for the second option. Right. Also, around the time of the winter solstice, Romans observed Juvenalia. Alright, another Nalia. A feast honouring the children of Rome. Alright, juvenile. Yes, like, let's short for that. That makes sense, I guess. So. <laughs> a feast honouring the... Yeah, I have already said. In addition, members of the upper classes often celebrated the, marf... Sorry, the birthday of Mithra, or Mithra, the god of the unconquerable sun, on December 25th, yeah, Christmas Day. It was believed that Mithra, we call her Mithra, an infant god, user scared of, let's just imagine she's five, user thinking some sort of five-year-old is gonna do something like shoot beaming hot sun down on you or something, and just burn you alive, a five-year-old. I mean, alright, why not, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, anyways, it was believed that Mithra, an infant god, was born of a rock. Damn, Dwayne Johnson's kid is a god. Oh, that's pretty cool. Was born of a rock. Damn right. Pretty unfunny one. <laughs> For some Romans... Mithra's birth... I don't know whether to call it Mithra or Mithra. I kind of like Mithra. Yeah, I'm going to go with that. So, for some Romans, Mithra's birthday was the most sacred day of the year. Yeah, very interesting. Rome certainly have all their 
they're leading backs with gods, but you know who really ties in with gods in the past and it's very crazy? Greece. The Greeks really loved really Oh god damn what do you call it again? Sorry if I'm using the Lord's name in vain a good few times here folks, but God damn it, I just can't remember it. Um, oh yeah, they basically worshipped I guess a lot of gods in Greek. I believe there is only one god, but I guess fair enough, go ahead. Now, is Christmas really the day Jesus was born? Well, I'm pretty sure it is, but yeah, let's find out. In the early years of Christianity, Easter was the main holiday. No, it's true. The birth of Jesus was not celebrated. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In the 4th century, church officials decided to institute the birth of Jesus as a holiday. Uh, see, before I read any further folks, I'm not going to say ah, uh, ah, uh, uh, but it's this way because I've not read any further folks, who knows. Is. But what I believe, or at least what I've been taught, is that during Easter it's basically the death and resurrection, sorry, death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And then Christmas Day is the birth of Jesus Christ. But let's see what this goes on to say, folks. Unfortunately, the Bible does not mention date for his birth. Oh. Where do we get the idea, then, that he was born Christmas? Alright. His fact Puritans, I don't know how they are, later pointed out in order to deny the legitimacy of the celebration. Are they basically anti-Christ? Alright, yeah, I don't think I really care about what they say, then. Antichrists screw themselves. Um, although some evidence suggests that his birth may have occurred in, in the spring, why would shepherds be herding in the middle of winter? Maybe they want to, maybe they think it might be a better idea to do it now. There might be multiple reasons. Maybe there's a lot of stables that get taken up in the spring. There's a lot of animal births maybe around that time, so they think it's better to try and get stuff done now, whereas they can relax in the spring. Who knows, that may be a thing. Sorry. <laughs> Pope Julius, I chose December 12th. <laughs> December 12th. Jesus, Nicholas, get it together. Right, I'm going to read that sentence again, but without the brackets. Although some evidence suggests that his birth may have occurred in the spring, Pope Julius... Oh, Pope Julius the First. It's because it looks like an I, but no, it's a one, right? <sighs> Pope Julius the First chose December 25th. It's commonly believed that the church chose this date in an effort to adopt and absorb the traditions of the pagan Saturnalia festival. Alright, cool. <laughs> First called the Feast of the Nativity, the custom spread to Egypt by 432 and to England by the end of the 6th century. 432, anyways, still say either way you want. By holding Christmas at the same time as traditional winter solstice festivals, church leaders increased the chances that Christmas would be popularly embraced. That's fair. That is good marketing techniques from 
torch leaders and priests. Give them a round of applause, that's smart. Right. But gave up the ability to dictate how it was celebrated. Well, it may not be celebrated their way, but it's still got many good ways of being celebrated. It's still got a good message. Anyways. By the Middle Ages, Christianity had, for the most part, replaced pagan religion. On Christmas, believers attended church, then celebrated raucously, I think that says raucously, in a drunken carnival-like atmosphere, similar to today's Mardi Gras. Wow. <laughs> so we tended to go to church and then just get drunk afterwards at a carnival. Oh boy, am I proud to be a Christian? No, <laughs> Each year, a beggar or her student would be crowned the, the Lord of Misrule. Sorry, I nearly read that there as each year a beggar or student would be crowned the Lord of Mice. I was just about to say, wow, what a title, the Lord of Mice. That's the kind of thing you'd get bullied for. And <laughs> to be honest, well deserved. <laughs> like, Jesus. No, the Lord of Misrule, and eager celebrants played the part of his subjects. <laughs> the poor would go to the houses of the rich and demand their best food and drink. How are you going to make them give that? Who knows? If owners failed... Ah, right, fair news. So if you don't know what fair news means, folks, it means fair enough. If owners failed to comply, their visitors would most likely terrorise them with mischief. Christmas became the time of the year when the upper classes could repay, sorry folks, repay their real or imagined debt to society by entertaining less fortunate citizens. So I'm assuming that's basically the nativity stuff, that's what, that's what that would be then. You might have done that in school, it's mainly in religious schools. Yeah, they done the nativity. It's a wee show type thing, but obviously pretty serious. But yeah, it was sometimes entertaining, but sometimes it did get a bit snoozing at times. <laughs> and look at this terrible thing. When Christmas was cancelled. Oh my god, I wonder who done that. That's not sarcasm, I generally wonder who done that. Right. In the early 17th century, a wave of religious reform changed the way Christmas was celebrated in Europe. When a lover... Sorry. <laughs> when a lover, Jesus. When Oliver Cromwell and his Puritan forces took over England in 1645, they vowed to rid England of decadence and... As part of their effort, cancelled Christmas. Wow. Well, you can tell Oliver Cromwell and his Puritan forces to shove it. There you go. Thinking about cancelling Christmas. Man's be acting like the Grinch. Who's this? Except for nobody likes him. Don't get me wrong, you watched the Grinch movie and you quite like the character. Don't think you'd like a love. So, oh my god, I keep doing that. Oliver Cromwell. It's a stupid name, anyways. Cromwell. Jesus. 
but you climb in a well to stay there forever. Should cancel Christmas. Not a lad at all, honestly. <clears throat> it's ridiculous. By popular demand, Charles II was restored to the throne and with him came return came the return of the popular holidays that cheers Charles II. Your legend. The pilgrims, English separatists that came to America in sixteen twenty were even more orthodox in their Puritan beliefs than Cromwell. Jesus, so they were even worse than him. The man that cancelled Christmas, they were even worse than... How could you get more worse than that? Jeez, man. That's the Grinch's ancestors or something. Yes, Grinch Cromwell. Jesus. <laughs> As a result, Christmas was not a holiday in early America. From 1659 to 1681. The sale, sorry, I did not read that right, anyways. As a result, Christmas was not a holiday in early America. From 1659 to 1681, the celebration of Christmas was actually outlawed in Boston. Wow, Boston, what a surprise, a place like that, random. I'm just saying here, just saying. Don't take any offence if you live in Boston. But your, your place cancelled Christmas, sorry, outlawed Christmas at one point. Yes, I cancelled it. So, don't be surprised if yous are a bit evil, honestly. Outlaw on Christmas, Jesus man. That's pathetic, that's a new law. Yes. Anyone exhibiting the Christmas spirit was fined five shillings. Actually, fat homie sec, folks, let me just quit the book. I suck. One second. Um, how much is. Not for five. How much is five shillings worth today? Yeah. How much is a shilling worth in today's money? A single shilling is now worth only five pence. So basically, they were fined twenty-five pence. Now that I think about it, though. Yeah, you can see the difference between the economy back then. Because clearly that was a lot of money back then, 25 pence. They must have been very broke. Nowadays, instead of 25 pence, it would be 25,000 pounds. It's probably 25 pence back in those days due to their economy and probably how poor it would have been. That would have been a lot to them. Yeah, I guess find five shillings. Jesus. <laughs> By contrast, in the Jamestown settlement, Captain John Smith reported that Christmas was enjoyed by all and passed without incident. Good John Smith, another same guy, Charles II and John Smith, who's next to be a legend? Is that not? He's always been a legend. After the American Revolution, English customs fell out of favour, including Christmas. 
Christmas wasn't declared a federal holiday until June 26, 1870. Yeah. Now, taking a look at the fact that Washington Irving reinvents Christmas. Now, it wasn't until the 19th century that Americans began to embrace Christmas. Americans reinvented Christmas and changed it from a raucous carnival holiday into a family-centred day of peace and nostalgia. But what about the 1800s? Peaked American interest in the holiday. The early 19th century was a period of class, conflict and turmoil. During this time, t- sorry folks, during this time, unemployment was high and gang rioting by the disenchanted classes often occurred during the Christmas season. In 1828, the New York City Council instituted the city's first police force in response to a Christmas riot. This catalyzed certain members of the upper classes to begin to change the way Christmas was celebrated in America. Well, fair enough. In 1819, best-selling author Washington Irving wrote The Sketchbook of Geoffrey Crayon, gent. Dot com. That's something. Alright, full stop. Um, a series of stories about the celebration of Christmas in an English manor house. Sketches featured a squire who invited the peasants into his home for the holiday. In contrast to the problems faced in American society, the two groups mingled effortlessly. In Irvin's mind, Christmas should be a peaceful, warm-hearted holiday. True that, true that. Bringing groups together across lines of wealth or social status. Irvin's fictitious, 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 Fictious, I'm going to call it fictious. Yes. Right. And Irving's fictitious celebrants enjoyed ancient customs, including the crowning of a Lord of Misrule. Oh, yeah. Irving's book, however, was not based on any holiday celebration he had attended. In fact, many historians say that Irving's account actually invented tradition by implying that it described the true customs of the season. Fair enough, mate. Now, a Christmas carol. Well, also around this time, English author Charles Dickens, I'm sure you've all heard of him, or maybe some of you, some of you haven't. That's okay though, that's fine created the classic holiday tale, A Christmas Carol. I assume a lot of you have heard of that, or at least seen the movie. I mean, there's a bunch of movies of it. You could have seen one that's A Christmas Carol, including Scrooge. Scrooge Ebenezer? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's him. He basically hates Christmas. The story's message, the importance of charity and goodwill towards all humankind, struck a powerful chord in the United States and England and showed members of Victorian society the benefits of celebrating the holiday.
The family was also becoming less disciplined and more sensitive to the emotional needs, emotional needs sorry, of children during the early 1800s. Christmas provided families with a day when they could lavish attention and gifts on their children without appearing to spoil them. As Americans began to embrace Christmas as a perfect family holiday, old customs were unearthed. I'm assuming that would be stuff like the crowning of, was it, Lord of Misrule or something, anyways, or Carnival, those Carnival type things that caused riots. Yeah, people looked towards recent immigrants, looked toward recent immigrants and Catholic and Episcopal, Episcopal, sorry, people looked toward recent immigrants and Catholic and Episcopalian, yeah, there we go, perfect, nailed it, Episcopalian churches to see how the day should be celebrated. In the next hundred years, Americans built a Christmas tradition. built a Christmas tradition, all their own, that included pieces of many other customs, including decorating trees, sending holiday cards, and gift giving. Fair enough. I'll say fair enough. A lot of you. It might not even just be in the US. It might be some place in the UK. You don't know what fair does means. So I'm just going to say fair enough, right, fair enough. <laughs> Obviously, I'll go on a quick bit about the story of Santa Claus. Well, Santa Claus dates all the way back to St. Nicholas. Which in fact, I'm pretty sure Santa, obviously, I will admit folks, Santa doesn't live forever. But it does pass on through generations. There are multiple Santa Clauses. It dates all the way back to Saint Nicholas, who was born sorry, who was born in Turkey around two hundred and eighty AD. Saint Nicholas gave away all of his inherited wealth and travelled the countryside helping the poor and sick, becoming known as the protector of children and sailors. As obviously boys and girls, why Santa only gives to boys and girls and not men and women. That doesn't mean he's not a good person, he's still a very good person. It's just sometimes you don't get presents when you're usually older. Also, you usually tend to get cold when you misbehave, so remember to behave. Saint Nicholas first entered American popular culture in the late 18th century in New York. When Dutch families gathered to honour the anniversary of the death of Saint Nicholas, Dutch for right, Saint Nicholas, Dutch Dutch for Saint Nicholas or Saint Claus, for short, Santa Claus draws his name from this abbreviation. That's cool. Of course, with Santa. By the way. For, and boys and girls. Did you know that Santa, her jolly fellow, he was not always red. In fact, he always actually used to be green. I know, it seems crazy, right? But actually, what Coke did, I'm assuming you've heard of Coca-Cola, boys and girls, 
they met up with Santa, right? One night, they went over to the North Pole of Friesen, the Coca-Cola business crew, the managers, the executives, the CEO, they all went over to see Santa and his elves. And they said, Nick, the green suit, I kind of like it, right? But I think it's honestly got to change. We need something new. And he said, yeah, what you got in mind? And they said, red suit. Got a red suit. Does that sound good? And he said, yeah, yeah, why not? Let's try it. Now, Santa Claus wears red and white clothing instead of the green and white. Because he made a deal with Coca-Cola. So that's why he's red and white now instead of green and white. <laughs> In 1822, Episcopal Minister Clement Clark Moore wrote a Christmas poem called <laughs> Jesus, it's got me laughing. Jesus, that is terrible. A Christmas poem called An Account of a Visit from St Nicholas. Obviously more popular and known today by its first line towards the night before Christmas. It's just imagine. Right, kids, you want a Christmas story before bedtime? Yeah. Alright. Let's read An Account of a Visit from Saint Nicholas. That does not have that does not flow well at all. Thank God it's now called Towards the Night Before Christmas. Makes more sense, right? So the poem depicted Santa Claus as a jolly man who flies from home to home on a sled driven by reindeer to deliver toys. Obviously, you know about his reindeer. I don't know all the names of them, but hopefully you do, because I don't have a clue. I know some of them, like Rudolph, Dasher, Dancer, Blitzen, Comet, enough. Did I mention Prancer already? I don't know. I might have. Anyways, that's all I know so far. <laughs> I used to know all of them. Obviously, sometimes you forget, especially with stuff like exams and topics, stuff like that, stuff you need to learn in school. Sometimes your mind forgets certain stuff, but you never forget jolly old Saint Nick. So, obviously, delivers toys to the children. Yeah. It's pretty much that. Now, some Christmas facts we'll quickly crack on with. Each year, 30 to 35 million real Christmas trees are sold in the United States alone. There are about 21,000 Christmas tree growers in the United States. That's a lot. And trees usually grow for about 15 years before they're sold. In the Middle Ages, Christmas celebrations were rowdy and raucous, a lot like today's Mardi Gras parties. When Christmas was cancelled from 1659 to 1681, the celebration of Christmas was outlawed in Boston and lawbreakers were fined five shillings for voluntary craft at that. Christmas declared a fed. So I guess that's kind of a recap type thing. Christmas was declared a federal holiday in the United States on June 26, 1870. Should in fact, you know what then? Yeah. Let's keep going then. Christmas was declared a federal holiday in the United States. Oh, all right, I'll just say that. Right. Ah, there we go. The first eggnog made in the United States. By the way, let's just say it wasn't created, it wasn't first invented by in the US. 
it was the first eggnog that was made in the United States, but the first ever just in general eggnog was actually made in England. But anyways, the first one to come into the States was consumed in Captain John Smith's 1607 Jamestown Settlement. The Salvation Army has been sending Santa Claus clad donation collectors into the streets since the 1890s. That's actually quite a bit, bit back. Poinsettia plants are named after Joel R. Poinsett, an American minister to Mexico, who brought the red and green plant from Mexico to America in 1828. Here we are. Construction workers started the Rockefeller Center Christmas tree tradition in 1931. Cool. Oh, we did the wrong one. Right. So, obviously, if you want to take a look at your take a look at this yourself, kids, then I will ask that you ask your parents first, because there's some stuff in here that isn't for children. That's for, for sure. So do not read without your parents' permission. Okay? Great. So, now, the next part. Now, my opinions. So, we will be taking a look at then, start off, my opinions, my favourite film. <laughs> Well, I know for a fact how my favourite film is How the Grinch Stole Christmas. By the way, that is not the 1960-odd version, the animated one, nor is it The Grinch, the animated new one from, I think it's 2018 or 2017, I don't know, one of the two, I'm pretty sure. Anyways, no, that is the one from 2000, which features Jim Carrey as The Grinch. I really enjoy it. It's quite entertaining. Somewhat relatable in a way, don't worry folks, I do not hate Christmas, I absolutely love it. I'm just saying it's somewhat relatable in a way due to the fact that it's mainly because sometimes I tend to feel different, or at least a lot of the time. Sometimes tend to get pointed out for that. So I kind of related to them in that way. It's got a nice message in the end. It's made me cry a good few times. You can admit, folks, now you've cried to Christmas movies. I know it's true. It has made me a good few times. It's very nice in the end. <laughs> Mainly, I'd say about the part, around the part where he, he basically makes a change to his mind. Or where his heart goes, I think it's three times more or something three times larger basically and he basically realises that Christmas is good so that's my favourite film and it's pretty entertaining Jim Carrey is very good at that role and let's just say he's a good actor in general we already know that now my favourite song oh my favourite song actually I've went through multiple ones Although for a while, it was all I want for Christmas is you. Actually, know will be a lot of your favourites. <laughs> My favourite Christmas song is actually a Michael Bibley one. I think he's pretty good with his Christmas songs. 
and it's obviously it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Now I attempted to of course perform that at the start but some people in the band didn't seem to get the right idea. So obviously no I had that problem but that's all getting over now they're out. Michael's still here. Um, All right, it'll be fine. <laughs> Anyways, so cracking hack on have my opinions. Well, the meaning behind Christmas in my eyes. Well, crack on with this, folks. I am a Christian or a Catholic, right? I believe that originally Christmas came from. Well, yeah, it's the birth of Jesus. I believe that's the main idea of it, and, like celebrating the birth of Jesus. But I don't usually do that, but I do believe it's somewhat a part of that, and I do somewhat, like... I basically remember that it's the birth of Jesus is mainly what it's about. I remember it, but I don't entirely celebrate that. <laughs> but I think the main gist of it is it's a good time to give presents, receive presents, gather up with family and friends, have dinner, stuff like that. It's a time for joy and cheer, and I really like that. It certainly is the most magical time of the year. Feeling like Dr. Seuss there, time of joy and cheer, the most magical time of the year. <laughs> Next, I'll be right in the Grinch. <laughs> Anyways, in the Grinch sequel. <laughs> yeah, so. Obviously, I think that's what Christmas is about, but yeah, that's pretty much it. So, I think Christmas is about that, and it's a good time to celebrate those kind of things. Now, if Christmas is good or bad, I've basically already said, haven't I? I've mentioned the fact that Christmas is pretty much very good. I've already said it's a time of joy and cheer. And, you know, obviously, I love that, like I've already said. So, I would assume, you know, and you would also assume from my tone and, I mean, I've not got much of a tone, have I, or attitude towards this, but the way I've basically said my stuff, or what I have said, we all know that I think Christmas has... Terrible. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Yeah, I think Christmas is amazing. Best time of the year, that's for sure. Uh, that pretty much sums up my opinions. So let's now get on to the next part. But first, before the second part of the podcast, a quick break with music. <laughs> back for the second part of the podcast so now in the second segment or second part sorry we will be taking a look at why christmas is worth celebrating and christmas ideas okay so why christmas is worth celebrating well 
You know, I like about how it brings people together, basically, right? Like, uh, these are three things, or the three main things, at least. It brings people together, it may be important to your religion, and it brings joy to many. So, it certainly does bring a lot of people together. Things like families and friends, it brings them all with the spirits together. It brings them all together and connects them through stuff like spirits and joy, or stuff like maybe even religion or your traditions, your family traditions. That holiday spirit though, it can bring you all together. It can gather people together in the darkest of times. Because times do get dark, times do get hard, I understand that. But Christmas can be a time of rejoice, a time of joy and light. To get to basically forget all that darkness and fear that has been part of suffering. A time for joy and happiness, a time for cheer. A time to gather your loved ones together and say Merry Christmas. Let the joy be near. It's a very good time for that. Time for gathering together. Obviously, it can bring people together through love, through relationships, through activities and traditions, like I said. It may be important to your religion, sorry, it may be important to your religion, sorry, it sounded like I had a stroke there, but anyways, yeah, like I said, it would be mainly important to mine because of stuff like the birth of Jesus and things like that, how that went over in Bethlehem. Sorry, that's my light, folks. So, just take that off now. Anyways, see, yeah, it may be to do with that, things like your religion, how you basically you worship stuff like Jesus Christ, Son of God, or yeah, God, things like that. So, that's more important to my religion, it may be important to yours, you may be Jewish and celebrate things like Hanukkah, stuff like that. There are many more, I don't know a lot of them, but there will be many more. It most likely may be important to your religion in some sort of sentimental way. It gives you that feeling, that thing you can celebrate that is a part of your religion, that thing that represents who you are religiously. So obviously it's good for that. Sorry, folks. I'm a charger. Anyways, so for things like that, and also of course, it brings joy to many. Like I said, it's a time of joy and cheer. It will bring happy faces to many, whether it be children, whether it be adults, whether it be animals. Or whether it be the clouds, see a smiley face in the clouds, maybe a snowman, who knows. But it brings joy to many, it brings good cheer, a good time, it gives you that vibe, that sensation that you need to feel alive. And by the way, I'm not saying Christmas is a drug, because it certainly isn't, it's nothing like a drug. It's just a good time basically in the year. Time where we can all be happy. 
time where we can do things together. I understand that that may be a slight problem this year, but obviously it's mainly as well for times like these. It gets us through the tough times. It reminds us there's still good out there. There's still good left in this world and good left in us and our souls and our spirit. And it brings good spirit sentimentally. So obviously it brings joy to all sorry folks and that is very important in order to lift their spirits up make them make them brighter so obviously that is why christmas is worth celebrating or at least that's how i would put it in my heart now for our final part of the podcast to be taking a look at Christmas ideas, things you can do, activities, traditions, you know, just things like that. So what about decorating? Obviously you can, I know it might be slightly late now and I'm, I'm just going to say it right here, being completely honest, if you're only putting up your tree just now on Christmas Eve, you are the definition of lastminute.com. Who are you to think that it is such a good idea to wait until Christmas Eve to put your tree up? I would hope none of you do that, because not only is it lastminute.com, it's just plain stupid. <laughs> Surely you've put it up before now. Honestly, and that just seems ridiculous. So anyways, let's... Hold back to happy the start of December. I'll understand maybe I guess I find it kind of weird to do it before December, but you know what if you want to go ahead And it's also all right if you do it maybe mid-December or something But more around You know something like the 15th or something more around that time Not the night before Christmas or the day before Christmas That's plain stupid (laughs) Anyways, so referring back to that idea, back to when you decorated your tree, stuff like that's a thing you may do on Christmas with your ornaments, your tinsel, your lights, get all that, and that's a good time you put some music on. You just might put on a movie, I usually tend to put on music. You just start decorating. I get that sometimes it may get pretty tiring and boring. Sometimes that is pretty fun though. It gets you in good cheer, good spirit. Gets you in the good mood, basically. So that's a good thing to do, decorate. Also, not only your tree, you might decorate outside or put other things up in the house. You may, you may even make paper ornament type things. Like, I've got like a pin board up in my bedroom. It's kind of like an office setup type thing. And I had drew a tree, because like, I looked at a picture online, so I drew a tree on paper. I cut that out, and I coloured, obviously, the tree green in the bark, or wood brown. And I've got blue pens, and then I've got a green pen, a white pen, a red pen, and a yellow pen. And I've decided to basically pin the tree up by putting them all on to make it look like ornaments on a tree and i've obviously put the yellow right at the top of the tree pinned on to make it look like the star i thought that was quite a clever idea and obviously i've also got a mini tree in my other room 
obviously we've got the big tree downstairs, but I've got a wee mini tree in the other room, which I think is a good idea. You may get something from that, or you may hide. You may put stuff like tinsel or maybe other things going down the stair banister. You may do that. I know we've done it before. Yeah, you may do that as well. So that's also a good idea. Um, obviously, of course. Oh yeah, reef. Maybe put up a reef at the front door. We've got a reef, of course. Many of you will have. It's a good thing to have. Now, watching movies, like I'd already said about my favourite film being How the Grinch Stole Christmas from 2000. Yeah, you may watch movies, watching Christmas movies, getting that good spirit. It's a good thing to do. And it's pretty entertaining. It's a good few hours to just be in the moment and enjoy the magic. See, there's many good Christmas movies out there to watch. Now, I'm sure you're just like myself. There's probably many that you still haven't watched that may either be classics or may just be ones that you haven't seen yet but want to see. So it's a good idea to watch Christmas movies, of course. That very much helps. Then, sorry folks, my chair is quicky, but I can not sit still, ADHD, oh, the problems in life, oh well, I'm going to hear a lot of this, Anyways. listening to music, obviously I generally prefer listening to music over like watching movies or TV shows, that doesn't just go for Christmas, that just goes in general, I prefer it. Like I've already said, I get a good, a good kick out of music. I like that. Because <laughs> good feelings. That might be good to listen to Christmas music, festive music. So I know there's a good, good selection of songs out there. Hundreds, but I'd say probably even thousands. Maybe even tens of thousands. There's tons of Christmas songs out there that you have probably haven't listened to. And they'll get you in the mood. You may even discover a new favourite Christmas song. What I recommend though is the Michael Bublé Christmas Deluxe Edition album. That certainly is a good album, that's for sure. He's very good at his singing. And he gives you some good cheer and it's nice and relaxing. It's like cozy type Christmas music, which I think is pretty good. So, oh yeah, you could listen to music. You could also eat festive foods. So yes, I get that you'll you most likely have Christmas dinner on Christmas Day, but see before that you can still have festive foods, stuff like cranberry pies maybe even, you may have, what they called it, all those wee moldy hens, it's like the cherry and the leaves on top and it's like the brown thing at the bottom. Are those called Christmas puddings or something? Oh, anyways, you see them in the... <laughs> a second, let me look it up a second, folks. Sometimes I forget things, but then my mind ends up going right back to that. Yep, I think it's Christmas pudding. You may even have that before Christmas, who knows? I don't think I've ever had Christmas pudding before. I might have not liked it. I think it's quite a strong taste, I'm pretty sure. Or at least what I would recall, I may have had it before. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. 
But if you like it, then go ahead and eat it. Eat all your way through it. There's also Christmas drinks you can <laughs> you can have before Christmas time. Basically, yeah, there's that. Obviously, like I said, yeah, I already said. Anyways, um, so folks, you can have your drinks and stuff like that. Just like with Halloween type foods, I guess you could call them festive foods. The more festive foods we are aiming towards are now Christmas type ones. But anyways, back in Halloween you may have had pumpkin pies, now you may have stuff like cranberry pies and tarts, stuff like that. Maybe even mince pies before Christmas. I feel like Santa was likely boys and girls. He probably, you know, he probably goes on a mince pie diet. <laughs> I don't know how many mince pies and muffins and stuff like that. He probably goes on a big diet before Christmas, considering he's got so much to eat from you all on Christmas Eve. So, boys and girls, just think about what's a hunter. Well, and again, I feel like it wouldn't be a bad idea that I actually take up a diet, considering probably the stomach pains he's going to be having after, like, eating all that food. But, I mean, he is a big man, you can see that, and he must be after <laughs> eating all those foods on Christmas Eve, so. <laughs> Obviously, that's got to be sore, so it'd be worth up taking a diet. So, eating festive foods. Like we've already went into depth in celebrating religion, whether it be Christianity, Judaism, Catholicism. Oh, what is that other one? I'm trying to think. I know Buddhism. That's one of them. Oh, what was it called again? Oh, hang on a second, folks. I'm <laughs> going to Google again, Jesus. Wait, um. A second. Muslim, that's it. It's called Muslim, that's it. I forgot that, folks. Sorry. They believe in the oneness of God. They believe that God is the creator of all things and that God is all powerful and all alone. I believe that too. Oh, Alright. God has no offspring, no race, no gender, no body, and is unaffected by the character. I don't entirely believe that second part, though. I believe he's somewhat. Like a body. Obviously, he's also part soul or ghost type thing, but he's also part a body. He can come go back and forth. Although he is most like unlikely to be aff affected, but hi, like said, the characteristics of human life. <laughs> I do believe that though. I assume that's true. Stuff like your religion, stuff like that. 
<laughs> given and receiving presents. I will understand that, yeah, sure, receiving presents does feel really good, obviously, getting your stuff that's great, it's always a good time. But giving does feel really good. Giving back to the community or giving to your friends or family presents, things like that, or donations, money. Feels really good. It gives you a good feeling. And you know you're doing something well. You know you're doing something from the good of heart. Something that... I'll call it an act of heroism. Or an act of hero, even. It's a nice thing to do. And it's the right thing to do. It's very good. It's always good to give back, and it always gives you a good feeling. By the way, folks, that may also tie on to the idea of Secret Santa, things like Secret Santas usually tend to be, it's basically, it tends to be a low budget. Some people may have a very high budget Secret Santa, that usually tends to be more YouTubers and stuff like that. Which makes sense, but you may have a low budget Secret Santa, but that's what traditionally what it would be. And it may be, I'm um, um, Scottish, so I'll say pound, but you may be American. Many Americans, that, well, some of our listeners actually are American, which is pretty cool. So you may know dollar, so it's maybe like a few pound gift or something, but it can. It can either be something that's a joke or something stupid, or it can be something that's still quite meaningful or quite creative and there's good thought put into it. It depends, but secret Santas are a good thing to do with friends, family, and just people in general, maybe even your co-workers. Things like that. Secret Santas are always a good idea. I have never actually done one, but it seems pretty interesting. I might try one at some point, but... Who knows? Seems quite interesting. I watched recently, by the way, the channel's called E-Boys, and I know that sounds pretty weird. But, uh, don't worry, it features Mimios, I'm Alex, James Marriott, and Willie. Or them. Together they've made a group channel, and obviously they're very funny, and they recently had a £10,000 Secret Santa, and they got some good stuff. Um, sorry folks Alex received um, I think it was maybe oh yeah I think he got a new iPhone well, he might have also like either got a laptop or an iPad or something anyways he got good stuff actually surprisingly <laughs> enough and the other guys were getting like I don't know, I don't know if they were called Lotus or something, or Cotus or something like that, anyways. It was kind of a cricket type thing. And George, rather than what his meme was, he had bought 1,000 of them for, I think, James Marriott. Not knowing that James, worst fear, is, well, I'll call them Lotus. Which is <laughs> funny enough. It's also terrible. They were like cricket type things. And it came in a box, and it was... A good few bags, probably. Yeah, I would say, yeah, it would be 10 bags. And a hundred of them just all crowded in each bag, and they're all alive. You can hear them. It's just, oh, it's just awful. <laughs> Terrible thing to do, honestly. It was, I can't remember who got, oh yeah, I think Mimula's got it. Might have also been for James Marriott. He got, um, 
I know you. Some people may have cardboard cutouts for either. Let's just say weird reasons, which I do not want to know anything about, because, you know, I guess, do what makes you happy, but please do not tell me what you're doing that makes you happy, because some people do weird things with cardboard cutouts, that's all I'll say, folks. Anyways, some YouTubers may have them as jokes in the background. So George got James a uh, Kim Jong-un cardboard cutout. Oh, this is a joke. That was pretty funny. It was a pretty good one. Just out of nowhere, he just pulls them out. He just sets them down. And even though George is, like, suited up with a mask and everything, you can still somehow sense the happiness in his face. So he's just laughing. That's it. It's really good. So, yeah. Produce sort of stuff like that, and that's Christmas ideas. So, so folks, that has been the end of the Christmas special. And oh, 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 oh. Michael's woken up. See, folks, I told you. Ah, it's just a cold word. Oh my god, really? Don't take my own nocturne. Sorry, folks. Um, Michael, there you are. Yeah, what the hell did you do to me? I knocked you out. Why? Because you were being an absolute psycho and you nearly killed me. Of course, I hate this whole Christmas season, I hate you. Michael, Michael, that's no way to- No, get off me! No. What's the sick of this? I hate it all. It's not a good time at all. Michael, listen to me. Final lesson, but I'm going afterwards. Great, right. Listen, man. Understand that you may you may be lonely or something. Yeah, of course I'm lonely. My girlfriend broke up with me. My family is just disowned me because I'm different. Michael, it's okay. Listen. Sometimes we feel lonely, but it's the true idea of Christmas. It brings us all together. It brings us with spirit. What are you talking about? This hit brings a good sentimental feeling. You don't need to be lonely on Christmas. Look around, you've got the crew, you've got he, you've got the audience. There's people here to celebrate with you. With me, it can be okay here, you can celebrate with us, you can be accepted. To forget your past, it's still time for good and cheer. I guess you're right. So that's the true meaning of Christmas, Michael. Come on, sit down. Okay. There we go, bro. Don't worry, they'll have a good Christmas with us. Yeah, I guess. Right. So, well, thanks for listening, folks. It certainly has been good, hasn't it, Michael? Yeah, I guess kind of, despite the fact it was knocked out for around an hour. <laughs> ah. Yeah, you certainly were. What's that laugh about? Yeah, we are. Don't even try say a word like that on here. You cannot handle anything like that. It's a family-friendly co- Sorry, family-friendly podcast, folks. Michael, if you ruin that idea and make it an explicit episode, especially for the Christmas special, I will knock you out again. Okay, okay, okay then. Sorry. Great, hey, that's much better.
<sighs> Thank God. Well, well, well. Holy, holy, jolly. It certainly has been a jolly episode, folks. Yeah, I've had some good times, some good laughs. I certainly do. Thank you for listening in. I have been your host, Nicholas, who has also played my, the part of Michael. You're rather psycho, I guess. Yeah, psycho fan. Yeah, also played by me. And then a big thank you to my dad, who played Jim, the one who really likes pies a lot. Anyways, so thank you very much for listening, folks. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and remember, Santa Claus. Well, sorry, folks, sorry. Listen in, boys and girls. Remember to go to bed early tonight. Because Santa's watching you. He sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. Just remember, Santa Claus is coming to town. And also, I do wish you all a Merry Christmas. Hope you all have a good time. Whether you are with or without your family, with or without your friends, it's okay. I'm right there for you. I'll be thinking of you. We'll think of each other. We'll get through this, everyone together. So, I hope you all have a Merry Christmas. Once again, need I remind you, boys and girls, Santa Claus is coming to town. Here been a watcher, here been a cry, here been a path, I'm telling you why. Santa Claus is coming to town. He's making a list, he's checking it twice, he's gonna find out who's not here now. Santa Claus is coming to town. He sees you when you're sleeping He knows when you're awake He knows if you've been bad or good So be good for goodness sake Here better watch out Here better cry Here better pout I'm telling you why Cause Santa Claus is coming to town Thank you, and a Merry Christmas to all.